Good morning, everybody. It's great to be here with all of you. It's always a joy and a pleasure. Uh, God is with us, and um, He is ministering to us. He's giving us His Word. It's going to be great. It's always exciting. My name is Glem. I'm a partner and a church planter uh, of Park Community Church, serving at uh, West Rogers Park or the Devon Little India area. And uh, welcome. If you are new, if you are visiting, welcome to the church. Welcome to the people of the Lord, the family of God. And uh, I know that the Lord is going to bless you this morning. Uh, he's going to give you His grace. And uh, especially if you're visiting for the first time, you live in the area, or if it's your first time ever to attend the church, welcome. And uh, relax, enjoy. Um, it's going to be good. Now, before we begin, I would like uh, us to think about ourselves and uh, about our families. Uh, pe when people ask me, how are you, Glam? I always say, I'm good, but at the same time, not everything is good, you know. <laughs> but it's good, but not everything is good, but it's good, but not everything is good, but it's good, right? Because, you know, it's life, and uh, I know you're going through stuff, and uh, there are things in our lives uh, that, that just need change. Can you say change? Change. In my heart, in my mind, in my life, uh, my family, we, all, we are all imperfect, and we live in this imperfect world. We live in this fallen world. And so, um, again, it's good, but not everything is good. But it's good, but not everything is good, etc., etc., etc. It's true about you as well. Well, when we come together to worship, God is with us. He is our Father in heaven. He has provided atonement for us. That means that because of sin, we, we were under judgment and under the curse of sin. And uh, life is pretty dark, right, and messy without God. Uh, but He has provided the way for us to be forgiven through Jesus Christ. And because of Jesus' death and sacrifice on the cross, our sins have been paid in full. And if you believe in Jesus Christ, then your sins are forgiven. And you have become a child of God. Imperfect as you are, by faith in Jesus, you have become a child of God, a son, a daughter of God. And all of us here who are believers, we come together on the Lord's Day. It's called the Lord's Day, Sunday. And uh, he, God our Father meets us as a people, as His people, as His family in a special way. And so the presence of God is with us this morning. And uh, you will get to know Him more today through His Word. And every Sunday and every day, actually, we open the Bible as Christians. And we receive feeding, spiritual feeding through the Word of God. And through the Bible, God reveals Himself. He makes Himself known to us. And God encourages us through the Bible. He speaks to us through the Bible, encourages us through the Bible, and He leads us. And not just that, God's Word is powerful. When we receive God's Word, we don't just 
receive words like human words. They are God's word. And God uses his word to bless us, to encourage us, to change us, to change things that we can never change by ourselves. And so that's why this is a very special moment for us. Now, if you have your Bibles with me, please open it to Genesis chapter 1. We'll be reading verses 1 to 3. Now, if you uh, do not have a Bible, we have Bibles at the back, and uh, you can get one and you can keep it. If you don't have a Bible, get one and keep it. In that Bible, Genesis chapter 1 is on page 1. So turn your Bibles with me to Genesis chapter 1, and we will be reading verses 1 to 3. Can we all stand? And then we will pray, and then we will let the Lord speak to us and bless us this morning. Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 to 3. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the, the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. Let us pray. Father, thank you for your word. Here we are, your children, believers in Jesus. And perhaps some of us are still seeking for you or do not know you, but want to know you. Perhaps some don't even want to know you at all. Lord, only you know our hearts and our minds. But you are here, you are present. And Father, I just pray that you would bless and empower the preaching of your word this morning. Father, meet needs, Lord. Meet needs. In the name of Jesus, amen and amen. Please be seated. So again, we start with ourselves. We start with where we are, where you are in your life, in your heart, in your mind, your family, my family, our church, our community, our city, our nation, the United States, and all the nations of the world. And there's a lot of mess all over, right? Even in my own heart and mind, uh, there's still a mess that God needs to change and fix. I need to become better, and I cannot do it by myself. I can only do it through the power of the Holy Spirit. It's the same thing for you and me. Now, what we just read, Genesis, is a part of what's called the Pentateuch. It was given originally to the Israelites in the wilderness, in the desert. Remember, they were slaves in Egypt, right? And by God's mighty power, they were set free from slavery and bondage. And they were now in the wilderness. And there was Mount Sinai, and God gave them the Ten Commandments there, and God established His covenant with them. And He gave them His Word, and that's what we call the Pentateuch, or the five books of Moses. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. Now, God's Word reveals Himself. So Genesis chapter 1 reveals who God is. He revealed who God is to the Israelites who were in the desert. And it reveals God to us today. Now, this was their situation. They were now in the desert. They were free. But 
there are battles and struggles ahead of them, right? They were to conquer the promised land. And for them to do that, it means war. And they were going to get go to war against nations and kingdoms that were so much more powerful than they were. Now remember, they were not uh, like the nations and the kingdoms of the world. They used to be slaves in Egypt, right? But those kingdoms and nations in the promised land, in Canaan, were fortified. They had soldiers, they had weapons, right? And so it was going to take God making things happen for them to be able to conquer the promised land. And so really, uh, they were nothing. And they looked at the nations and kingdoms, and they're big and great. And there's no way that they could defeat them by their own power. Now, God is with them, and God is going to do it for them. And God was revealing himself through his word, the scriptures that, they gave him, that he gave them. And, and through that, he reveals his greatness, okay? Now, this is what Genesis 1 reveals. This is what the history of creation that we read in Genesis 1 reveals. God alone, this is the takeaway, okay? Actually, it's five points in one sentence. God alone, because of his infinite greatness and power, created all things out of nothing by his spirit and by his word. Can we repeat that? Okay, take away. When you go home, this is what you're supposed to be thinking about, right? And praying about. God alone, number one. God alone, number two. Because of his infinite greatness and power, number three. Created all things out of nothing. Number four. By his Holy Spirit. And number five, and his word. Now, in creating the world, now we see here in Genesis chapter 1, there are two phases of creation. The first one is Genesis uh, chapter 1 verse 1. In the beginning, God created, created the heavens and the earth. But then verse 2 tells us that the earth was without form and void and darkness was over the face of the deep. And then the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And then God said, let there be light, and there was light. He said, let there be this, and there was that, right? He said, let there be, let there be, let there be. And everything that God said, let there be, there was. It was created, all of them were created by his word. And so we have Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, which is like, bam. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Space, right? Empty space in the universe. And then we have the earth. Right? A lone planet in Genesis 1.1. And then from verse 2, we have phase 2 of creation all the way to verse 31. But then that took, three, that, that took six days. And so you're thinking, God, you could have created all things phase 1 in an instant and everything is perfect. But God chose to create in this way because he's teaching us something. Okay? Did we get that? God could have created the whole universe in one instant, and everything is perfect. It, it need not took six days 
for him to do phase two. In fact, it could have been phase one and instant, right? But why? That's a question. This is the, re this is the reason. This is the answer. Because in creating the, wor the world, the universe, in the way that he chose to do so, God is not just teaching us about creation. He's also teaching us about the new creation. Okay, re repeat. In creating the universe in the way that he did, two phases. First, first phase, instant. Second phase, six days. In doing that, he's not just teaching us about creation. He's also teaching us about the new creation. Basically, God is saying, guys, my children, the way I created the universe is also the way that I am recreating it, right? Because the perfect world that God created in Genesis 1 fell into sin in Genesis 3. And so the universe needs to be recreated. The universe that God created needs to be recreated. Sin has to be atoned for and forgiven. The Holy Spirit needs to hover over the universe again. God's word needs to be preached and proclaimed and taught and declared to recreate the universe, to, cre to recreate the world, to recreate humanity. And that's what we call the new creation or salvation, redemption, restoration. Okay, so what I shared to you about, this is the takeaway for the history of creation in Genesis 1. God alone, because of his infinite greatness and power, created all things out of nothing by his spirit and by his word. That message is the same message that we have in the new creation. God alone, because of his infinite greatness and power, recreates, redeems, saves and restores all things out of nothing by his spirit and by his word. And so to the Israelites, God was saying that as well, right? Guys, I know you are nothing. My children, Israel, you are nothing. Compared to those nations and kingdoms there, you are nothing. They're going to they're gonna eat you up and destroy you. But I am everything. I am infinite in greatness and power. And all you need is me. I created alone. Now I'm, I'm going to be the savior for you alone. I'm infinite in greatness and power. Everything that you need is in me. And I'm creating out of nothing, out of your nothingness. Out of the formlessness of your lives and your families and your nation, out of the emptiness and the darkness of Israel, I am creating and I am making you into a great nation. The, na the great nation that I have promised uh, to Abraham. Did we get that? And it's by, guys, it's by my spirit and my, by my word. Amen? It's, and it's the same message that we have today from God. So I said, think about your life, your heart, your mind, your family, our church, 
our community, nation, every nation of the world. Lots of mess, right? Lots of nothingness. Lots of formlessness and emptiness and darkness. But the Spirit of God is hovering. Amen? Amen? God, the Spirit of God is hovering over your life, over your heart, your mind. The Spirit of God is hovering over your family and all that mess. Mm-hmm. God, the Holy, yeah, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit hovering over the lives of your loved ones and your friends and your neighbors, over our church, over the community, over the nation, over every nation of the world, over the whole world. Spirit of God is hovering. Jesus died for sins, paid for sins, and now his gospel is being proclaimed all over. And by the Spirit and by the Word, God is recreating. Amen? He's recreating. By his Spirit and by his Word, he is saving and redeeming and restoring. All right? So that's the big picture. Now let's get into the details. The Bible, I'm gonna, we're going to flesh it out now. You go like, wow, that's a lot. <laughs> we're going to flesh it out. Okay, the first one is God alone. Say God alone. God alone. Now, the nations, Egypt from where Israel came from, and then Canaan and all the kingdoms and nations in Canaan, all of them worship different gods, all kinds of gods, thousands of gods. Right? And so if they needed healing, they go to the God of healing. They needed provision, they go to the God of provision because the God of healing cannot save you and cannot provide for you. So you need two gods. Now you have this problem and that problem and all kinds of problems, and so you need all kinds of different gods. But God is saying there is only one true God. There's only one true God, and He's the only creator. And he is also the only recreator and savior and redeemer and restorer. And we have to trust in him alone. We have to cling to him alone for everything that we need. Now, Genesis and the whole book of the Bible starts with in the beginning. It's just one word in Hebrew. Okay? In the beginning. That's how we translate it. In the beginning. And we ask, in the beginning of what? Well, in the beginning of time. Right? That's what, that's what it means. In the beginning of time, God created. So there was a time when there was no time. You get that? There was a time when there was no time. And that time when there was no time is not time. <laughs> right? Because there was no time. It's called eternity. All right, now, listen. Time was created by God. Time was created by God. There was a time when there was no time, and the time when time was now is not called time because it's eternity. Because there was no time. There was just God. And so before the beginning, there was no time. There was no space. There was no heaven, earth. Mars, Jupiter, cats, dogs, nothing. Angels, no angels, right? There was just our one true God in three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That was just God. God alone. Can you say God alone? God alone. 
was nothing else, right? Just God alone, and He alone created all things. He alone created all things. Okay? Now, I said in the beginning is one word in Hebrew. And that means in the beginning of time, right? Created is the next word. In English, we start with the noun and then the verb, right? God created noun and then verb. But in Hebrew, it's in the beginning, he created. Who did? God did. Three words. Do we get that? Yeah? Verb first. And the verb is singular. Created is singular, meaning there's only one God who created. But the Hebrew word for God is not singular. It's Elohim. You know how we match things? Like he created or he creates. You don't say he create, right? They create, but he and create don't go together, right? You match it. Singular noun, singular verb. The same thing with Hebrew. But in the very first three words of the Bible, the Holy Spirit chose to break the rules of grammar. He starts with a singular verb and then a plural noun. Singular ber- verb, he created. There's only one God, no other God. But then God is Elohim. That's the Hebrew word. Elohim, it's plural. The singular, the singular noun for God is El. So El did not create, Elohim did. Now God is El because he's one God. But in the very first three words of the Bible, God chose to reveal himself as Elohim, like many gods. Okay, now, uh, they say, oh, that's the plurality of majesty. Kings were referred to in the plural. That's possible. I, I can take that. I can believe that. It can also be a reflection of the Trinity, right? Elohim means, yeah, there's one God. He created singular, but Elohim is plural, meaning God is not just one person. He's actually three persons, and God did not reveal that right away. But later on, when Jesus said, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name, singular name, but then of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. One God, three persons. That's what we get from the New Testament, right? So perhaps, and I believe that as well, Elohim reflects the triunity of God. There's one God in three first persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. But there's a third uh, un, uh, possible interpretation of that. Why? Why Elohim? Because the gods of the Egyptians were referred to as the gods or Elohim. Okay? And also, the gods of the Canaanites were referred to in the plural because they worship many gods. And so if God, the Holy Spirit, chose to use El, or singular for God, in Genesis 1.1, the Israelites might think, oh, Yahweh is just one of many gods. He's an El, a God. Right? So I believe that the Holy Spirit deliberately chose to use the plural, Elohim, in order to reveal that he is so big. He's so great. Bigger and greater than all the gods of Egypt combined. Did we get that? Bigger and greater than all the gods of Canaan and all the gods of the pagans combined. He's not just one El or one God or one of many gods. 
He is the God who is so much greater and so much more powerful than all those gods, that false gods that they worship. Combine them together and they're nothing. Amen. And so God, Yahweh, although he's one, yet he's so infinite in greatness and power that all the gods of Egypt were not able to defeat him. And he was able to deliver his people successfully. Unstoppably, right? Out of Egypt. And now they're in the desert and God gave them his word and he's telling them, I am Elohim. Yahweh is Elohim. He is so big and powerful. Greater than all the gods of the nations combined. And I'm going to take you to the promised land. And you will conquer the promised land. You will defeat them all because I am Elohim. Remember? God alone because of his infinite greatness and power. Amen? That's the second point. He created all things out of nothing because he is Elohim. Amen? Don't you love that? You worship Elohim. You are a child of Elohim. Amen? Your hand, your life, is, it, it's in the hands of Elohim. You are safe. All the promises of God are yes and amen for you because he is Elohim. Now, this Elohim, infinite in greatness and power, he created all things out of nothing. Because in the beginning, right, there was no time. There was no space. There was no heaven. There was no. Now we say, oh, God lives in heaven. Yeah, he does live in heaven. But it is also true that God lives outside of heaven. Amen. God is bigger than heaven. He created heaven out of nothing. Amen? And so it is true that God dwells in heaven, but it is also true that heaven dwells in God. Amen? Yes? Mm-hmm. Heaven dwells in God. Time, God is inside time and he is outside time. Time dwells in God. He's so big. It's space. God is in space and God is outside the space. He's beyond the universe. The universe dwells in God, right? In him we live and move and have our being. The same thing with the universe. The universe lives and moves and has its being in God. Amen? And so... Creation was out of nothing. God alone, out of nothing. In the beginning, when there was no time, da, 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 right? God created. Amen? And then we go to phase two. Verse two. And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And so, again, God did not create all things good and perfect in an instant. He chose to do phase one, phase two, and then phase one was instant, but phase two was six days, deliberately to teach us. Amen? So in Genesis chapter one, verse two, the earth was formless, the earth was, was empty, and it was very, very dark and covered by water. It was unproductive and uninhabitable. 
And so, guys, evolution is false. Right? Because in Genesis chapter 1, verse 2, nothing can evolve. Correct? Correct. <laughs> yeah. The, the, yeah. the earth and creation cannot develop from that condition of formlessness and emptiness, nothingness, darkness, covered by great, a great water. Again, God alone, amen, was the solution for that. God alone was the solution for that. Only God could create all things bright and beautiful, right? The Lord made them all. Only God could create like that out of nothing, out of a formless, empty, dark, covered with water earth, right? And he created out of that. And then, of course, in verse, uh, and then the Spirit of God hovered over the face of the waters. And so we have the problem. Problem was the earth was formless and empty and dark, covered by water. And the solution is the Spirit of God hovering over the face of the earth. Okay, it's like, it's like a mother hen hovering over its eggs. So the Spirit of God is the parent of creation. Amen? Yeah? The Holy Spirit is the parent of creation. He was hovering like a hen, hovering over its eggs. The Spirit was hovering over the earth, the dark, empty, dark, water-covered earth. But then, check this out. Even if the Spirit kept hovering and hovering over that chaos, out of that mess, nothing was happening really, right? There was no change. It was until God said, let there be light, let there be this, let there be that, let there be, let there be, let there be, let there be, that things started to change. And phase two of creation was completed. First, by the hovering of the Holy Spirit and then the word of God released and proclaimed. And so that's why even the Holy, because the Holy Spirit, it's one God, right? We have one God three persons. They work together. And Jesus is the word of God. Yes? John chapter 1 verse 1. Jesus is the word of God. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. And then in verse 14 of John 1, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And so John 1 tells us that in Genesis, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, one God in three persons was at work. God, the Father, is the boss, right? The architect. It is his will. It is his plan. And the Spirit was hovering. He was, he was, his life. The, the Hebrew for spirit is also the Hebrew for wind or air. So it's life, right? The Holy Spirit was hovering. And then God started speaking. The Word of God was being released. And then creation happened. All right, this is now application for us. The, ways, the way that God created in Genesis 1 is the way that God recreates in our day and time today. Amen? It is also God alone, 
because of his infinite greatness and power, he creates out of nothing by his spirit and by his word. Okay? And so now the desert is the place that is formless and empty and dark, right? Right? And so Jesus, John the Baptist was preaching in the desert. And Jesus came to him. And there's this place called the desert, which is formless, empty, and dark. And there's water, the Jordan. Right? And J John was baptizing there. And Jesus went to John and said, I need to be baptized by you. And so he didn't need to be baptized because he did not have sin. Right? No sin. Jesus did not sin. But um, he didn't, I'm looking at the time. <laughs> but, <laughs> but he carried our sins. And so uh, we believe that from the womb, Jesus already bore our sins. And there in the desert with John the Baptist, Jesus bore our sins. Yeah? Not easy. Because he didn't need washing, right? He didn't need to be, to be washed and forgiven, symbolized by the water. We need that. But he united himself with us. And he, our sins, be, he carried them. And so he was baptized as our representative. But in doing that, he was the new creation. Do you see that? In the place that is dark and empty and void, and there was water, Jesus was baptized. Now, fast forward on the cross, mm -hmm. there was darkness, right? And Jesus died. He became nothing on the cross, right? Yeah? On the cross, he was formless, right? Isaiah 53, he was so marred. People didn't want to look at him. There's nothing in his appearance that made him attractive or desirable. He was formless. He was empty. They even stripped him of his clothes. No money, no disciples, no friends. Jesus was formless, empty, and there was great darkness on the cross. So the fulfillment of Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, all the way, is the Lord Jesus Christ. We are the ones who are nothing. We are the ones who are formless and empty and dark. We are unproductive. And we cannot save ourselves. We cannot help ourselves. We cannot change anything. For our sake, God, the Son, who is everything, became nothing. He took upon himself our nothingness, our formlessness, our emptiness, and our darkness. On the cross, he paid for our sins. And so when Jesus was raised from the dead, he is the new creation. Amen? Jesus is the new creation. He's the new beginning of a new humanity. He's the new Adam. And Jesus never fell, and Jesus can never fall, and he will never fall. And he's taking us all the way to the new heaven and the new earth. Amen? We thank the Lord for that. So there can be no new creation without Jesus. Now, look. Even Jesus had to start with nothingness, although he was everything. Even the Lord Jesus started with formlessness and emptiness and darkness, even though he was not formless, empty, or dark. Right? 
but that's how he started. And from that, he brought forth and continues to bring forth the new creation. And so there is hope for you and me. Again, think about yourself. Think about your family. Think about your loved ones. Think about our church. Think about our community. Think about our nation, our government, the school system, etc., etc. Think about every nation of the world. A lot of nothingness, right? A lot of formlessness, a lot of emptiness and darkness. It's mission impossible. But 2,000 years ago, on the day of Pentecost, after his death and resurrection and ascension and intercession in heaven, God poured out, he poured out the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost. And since then, the Holy Spirit has been hovering over the earth. He hovered in Jerusalem and built the church there. And then he started going to Samaria, Judea, and all the ends of the earth until they got to Rome, until they got to Europe, until they got to the Philippines. Amen. <laughs> until the gospel got to Rogers Park. The Holy Spirit has been hovering for 2,000 years now, and he never left. Amen. But remember, here in Genesis 1, even if the Holy Spirit hovered, he needed the word of God proclaimed and declared for him to create, right? In the same way, the Holy Spirit hovers today over your life, over your family, over the church, the community, etc., etc., etc. But if you are not, Studying the word of God. There's no material to create, to use, that the Holy Spirit could use to create. He uses the means of grace. Say, S boss. Come on, we're almost done. S boss. Come on. S boss. Come on. S boss. It's good. S boss. It's study, believe, obey, share. Come on. S boss. Study, believe, obey, share. That's what you've got to do. Because the Holy Spirit is hovering and he wants to bring change and make things better. But he needs the word of God. And we are the body of Christ. In Genesis 1, Jesus was speaking. Now Jesus is in heaven, right? And we're the body of Christ. We're supposed to be speaking the word of God. As boss. Studying the word of God every day. Believing the word of God. Obeying the word of God. And sharing the word of God. To everyone that the Lord puts in your way, especially your loved ones. Amen? That's the way of creation and the new creation. Focus on that. Let us focus on that. As boss, study, believe, obey, share the word of God. Trusting in God who is infinite in greatness and power, who creates out of nothing by his spirit and his word. Let us be filled with the Holy Spirit and busy. With the word of God. Ask boss. Study, believe, obey, and share. Let's all stand. That's a lot of overtime, I think. I'm not sure. But I hope you got something. I hope I was able to explain to you the ways of God in creation and new creation. And you need this. I need this. This is our focus. This is why we exist as a church. This is what we're all about. Amen? Let us pray. Father, here are your people. And we thank you that you 
alone. You are our creator. So we don't need other gods. We don't need other saviors. And you are infinite in greatness and power. And so we have, you have everything that we need for whatever it may be that we need it for. And Lord, you create out of nothing. And so we don't have to prove ourselves first or mass up some good works. We can just trust in you, rest in you. And you create out of nothing, out of formlessness, out of emptiness and darkness. And you create by your spirit and word. We thank you for the blood and sacrifice of Jesus that has been shed for us so that we may be forgiven of all our sins. And so that, Lord, we can be made new. We can have the Holy Spirit. And thank you, Lord, that all who believe in you, we have the Holy Spirit. We are temples of the Holy Spirit. And even those, Lord, who have not yet put their trust in you, I thank you, Lord, that you're hovering over them and you're calling them to yourself. And now, Lord, help us. Help us to commit ourselves anew to be filled with the Holy Spirit and to study your word, believe your word, obey your word, and share your word every day. God Almighty, bless your people, Lord. There are, Lord, for those who need healing in their hearts, in their minds, those who need restoration in themselves, in their families. Father, you know the condition of your people. And I just pray, Lord, that you would continue to hover over your people. You would continue, Lord, to fill your people with the Holy Spirit. Give us yourself every day, O oh God. And, and, and I pray, Lord, that you would feed us with your word every day. Give us a hunger and thirst for your word every day. Your word is life. Your word is the means of grace that you use to create and recreate and save and restore and redeem heal, deliver. Lord, you work by your spirit and your word. Make us a people of your word. And Lord, grant your people, Lord, the prayers in their hearts for your kingdom and glory. We give you praise. We give you honor. In Jesus' name.